hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll find a place for you to take that load off. The boys are just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And I tell you what, you came at a great time too. The boys are walking through the entire Bible from cover to cover, one story at a time. Speaking of stories, we'd love to hear yours. So why don't you tell us all about it in that box below called comments. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. And I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dough. I got to go. Those boys had better get the lead out and get going. This crowd seems restless. I'm coming, I'm coming. Order up. So last week we were talking about the Tower of Babel. And then what all happened, and um, we ended off with the Lord confused the language, and they scattered over the face of the earth. What we're going to be talking about tonight, this is uh, going to be the end of chapter 11, and we're going into 12, um, possibly through the end of 12, but we'll see how this goes. Um, Basically, what's happening here is all of the second half of chapter 11, it's saying what happens from Shem to Abram. It it lists all of the sons and sons of sons and grandkids and great-greats and great-great-great-greats. All the good stuff. All the way down to Terah. Yeah, so you're talking about Genesis 11, 10 through 26? 10 through 26. Okay. Because that's where we left off. With Terah, who had lived 70 years, he became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Right, and I actually, I actually went through this today, twenty-seven through the end of chapter eleven. I was like, well, yeah, kind of, and I started reading it. I'm like, wait a second, this actually has a lot of information in that in those just those few uh, short things because it talks about Tara having three sons. Mm-hmm. Yep, he had three sons. One of them died, but it actually says in verse thirty-one, and Tara took his son Abraham. And his grandson, Lot, the son of Haran, and his... Oh, no, he had two sons. I'm sorry, he had two sons. Uh, Abraham and Haran. And then they actually all left... They all left Ur. Yep. And they left Ur, and they, they actually head, headed all the way to a town that apparently they established called Haran. It was actually named after his son. But then... So it sounds it sounds to me like I could be wrong on this. So, I mean, I'll take correction on this one. But it sounds to me... Like Abraham was actually called out of the land of Ur and his whole family went with him up to Haran, which by the way, (laughs) that is a thousand miles. That is a thousand miles on foot. Just so you know. That's so they didn't do that like in 24 hours or even a week. It might've taken a couple of days. The way I read it is that um, if they established the city Haran, but, or when they were in Haran, and Tara died in Haran. Um, would that be the the country of your father, or your father's household? Because that's where he's living now. And they died in 
in Heron? I'm guessing he died in Heron only because his name, the name of the town and the name of his son that died was in Heron. Okay. It sounded like his whole family actually traveled from Ur. Like Abraham was told, hey, get out of the country. And Abraham's like, hey, dad, hey, you know, brother, do you want to go? And they all went all the way to Heron. And apparently that's where Heron died. And no one else wanted to continue is the way it sounds. Because right once you jump into, because it actually says... Uh, when it talks about Antera took his sons, this is verse 31, da, 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 go all the way down to the end of verse 31, and it says, from Ur, in other words, he le left from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. His whole family was actually headed to Canaan. But apparently, it seems as, like it, it sounds like, to me, I mean, maybe I'm putting a little bit too much creative spin on this, but it sounds to me like... Abraham's father, Terah, was called, and his family. And after Terah lost his son, I'm guessing he didn't want to go on. He didn't want to. Like, that's the way it sounds to me, because it sounded, sounds like Terah was actually headed for Canaan as well. But Abraham and Lot were the ones that were like, okay, we're leaving. God told us to go. Because right, it starts with, boom, right at, right at 12, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham. And then he says, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. And then, boom, to a land which I will show you. Uh, I will make you, and we just talked about promises. Yep. Uh, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Uh, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I like the, the, the bless. It's more like a help. I've been helped. I've been blessed. I've been touched by God. I've been blessed. So if you look at this and, and swap out the, name, the, the word bless with help, and we know the story going forward. So um, Yeah, we, we know the end of it. Yeah, we know, I, will make, I will make you into a great nation, and I will help you. I will make your name great. And you will be a helper. I will help those who help you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed or helped through you. So you look at the deeds that he does through even the next couple chapters. And this is a promise that, that God made to him and his, his, his line. That you know, when we read through, we know it like, oh yeah, he was good to his word. You know, um, I think we'll see that that repetition throughout the rest of the the Bible here. <laughs> I, I like I like verse seven, twelve, seven. Check this out. And then the Lord appeared. Let's stop right there. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham. It sounds to me like, you know, and and this is this has been a it's been a, a scholarly consensus, as far as I'm aware, that. God himself has actually, God the Father has technically never appeared on earth because it says no one can see the Father and live. And mind you, this is just what, I, what I've learned and what I've picked up and I'm trying to put these pieces together. And the Holy Spirit has always been that, like that, that, that invisible force that, that God uses. It is God's spirit on earth. And then Christ, it sounds like Christ before he was, you know, manifested and born, if you will, as, as a human being, it, before he became human. How about that? And it sounds to me like every time that the Lord appeared 
to Abraham or the Lord appeared to somebody because later on the Lord appears to Abraham again. They sit down and eat some cheese and biscuits, you know, and he, you know, negotiates for Sodom and Gomorrah. That's a few chapters out. But it sounds to me like Christ, that God is the God of everything. God, the father, I mean, God, the father is like God, you know, God, the Holy Spirit is that invisible force. And Jesus has always been that physical manifestation of who God is, even before, long before the New Testament was there. Mm. So like, I imagine, like we talked about Genesis 1-1 and we went, we went through 1-1 and he goes and he creates man. It sounds to me like Jesus is kneeling down in the mud and shaping Adam and then breathes the breath of life into him. Wow. You, wow. you understand? What, like, just, yeah. I'm, just, I'm painting a picture, and that you can contradict me if you want. But how picture. interesting is it that he ends up becoming a carpenter? <laughs> I yeah. like that. I, that he sits there and shapes things. I love that whole picture you just painted. That's that's awesome. Well, it sounds to it sounds to me like that because when you go through Scripture and God physically manifests Himself to people, and He says, "Hey, bef- way before the New Testament, way before all that." He shows himself many times. And this seems to be like even before when it talks about, uh, I think it was Noah. God appeared to Noah. It sounds like Jesus, for all intents and purposes, I'll just say Jesus, came to Noah when he was there on his drafting table and said, give me the pencil. I got something else for you to make. You know, it it just, to me, it, it, whoa, wait a minute. That means that God... (laughs) <laughs> manifested himself like in person to Abraham and said, Hey, Abraham, I got something to tell you. And he said, and right in the, at the middle of verse seven, it says to your descendants, I will give this land. So like face to face, it was just, that, that's awesome. Um, in the movie, the chosen, the, the TV show, the chosen, yeah, that's one of the things that Jesus makes for the kids. He makes little boats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't fin- I haven't been been through it all yet. So he like makes boats. He made this little things out of wood. Just you know, made children's toys. Just made boats. Just made stuff. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, cool <laughs> stuff. Now, now for cool this, stuff. just just the, I'm looking at the picture now. I love the picture because if it was God the Father, he wouldn't have been able to handle that. No way. He could handle that. Well, there, there's a lot of verses in here that talks about like you. No one can stand before the Father. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's what what a great picture. That's cool. That's very cool. It's gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. It's gonna change the way that you read scripture because somebody pointed that out to me, and I'm like, wait a minute. And now every time I read in the Old Testament where God showed Himself to somebody, I'm like, that's probably Jesus before He was, you know, manifested in the flesh here. So like. I don't know. I just, I, mm-hmm. I, I get that image and I'm like, wow. That is crazy. Crazy cool. So, so Abraham uh, goes and he leaves and he's 75 years old when him and Lot and Sarai go their their way. Okay. So who is Lot? We haven't established that yet. Lot is uh, his nephew. nephew. Right. It sounds like it was Heron's Heron's son. son. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. His, uh, Did uh, I miss that? Yeah, it actually said it out there. Okay. This, uh, Terrace took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran. Right. And his daughter-in-law Sarai. She gets her name changed soon, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 Both of them Both get their of them name changed. Yeah, Abram. Yep. Yeah. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So 
like you said, they uh, they they started out with their dad, Tara, and then he just passed away in Heron. And then Lot and his um, his wife and his nephew decided we're going to keep going. Not alone. They got their caravan right. of things that they've amassed. Right. Oh, yeah. All their stuff. And uh, they end up arriving there. You have arrived. Yes. What? Okay, side note. GPS, baby. Okay, from Ur to Heron is about 1,000 miles. From Heron to, this says they stop in Shechem, which is the land of Canaan, but they stopped in Shechem. That's another 600 miles about. Hmm. How many These people are miles? traveling almost 2,000 oh, miles, like 1,500 to 2,000 miles on foot or camel. Maybe. Or, or horse. Or, and and so they get, to, they get to Canaan or uh, Shechem. At the great tree of Mora at Shechem, at the time the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I'll give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. See, that's got, that's dedication, man. Do you realize that he said, To your offspring, I will give. So like, okay, yeah, this is your land technically, but you, your, your kids are going to get it. <laughs> and it, Not you. And then he went from there to the hills east of Bethel, pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east, or AI, artificial intelligence on the east, <laughs> where he built an altar to the Lord again and called on the name of the Lord. It's it's I. Uh, AI? It, it's I. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so this is where the story ends up taking a huge left turn. I don't think that... I would be strong enough to do this. And this is only uh, nine nine verses, so I'll I'll read through it. Uh, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live for a while because the famine was severe. Which is kind of cool, because right now you think of Egypt as being desert, and back then it was lush and green and yeah it was it was not it was not a dozen we've talked about this before i mean it it's historically like or in the movies they always make it a desert it's just sad because think about it one of the greatest civilizations in the world were like hey look at that sand pile let's go build the greatest civilization that right. you know mankind has ever known in the dirt or, or in the sand you know like, it's called it's called las vegas <laughs> oh. or abraham yeah, but even vegas is lush because it's an oasis yeah or even abraham saying hey we're in a drought let's go to the desert <laughs> yeah let's, yeah. Do, let's mm-hmm. do this no no and, and it, was, so, it was like they're actually here side note did you know there are egyptian historians like one in particular, I wish I knew his name. I, I, I knew this a long time ago. The gra- Number one, the Great Pyramid, just so you guys know, the Great Pyramid was actually never built by the Egyptians. They found it, and that's actually where they established their civilization, and that's wow. where they mimicked all their tiny pyramids. Hmm. And it used to be covered in beautiful, polished marble casing stones. And the the historian I'm talking about, he said... The Great Pyramid shone like a diamond in the jungle at, at the noonday sun on like around summer solstice or something like that. And it was just, it's beautiful because he specifically states, well, right now, I mean, their jungle ain't even anywhere near the Great Pyramid. Mm-hmm. But sorry, go ahead. It's all right. So then he goes and has a, a family meeting with his wife. And... Any, you know, if that was happening now, I don't think she would have, like, said, okay, let's go with this. But here it says uh, in, in verse 11, 
Uh, as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know that you are a beautiful woman. That's a good way to start. Right. When the Egyptians see you, they'll say, this is his wife. Then That's they'll it. kill me and let you live. So let's just say you're my sister so that I'll be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Now, it wasn't a total lie. It wasn't a total lie, but... It, it, go ahead. I need a check here. Okay. What's the age that they're at at this point? The, well, Abraham is 75-ish. And I think she's about the same. That's old. I mean, she's about the same age. Because I'm pushing that. So she's probably. Back then, 75 is probably the new 40. (laughs) (laughs) They're in the prime of life. (laughs) So what about Sarai, though? I mean, is she in that ballpark, too? She probably was. She's probably pushing. I mean, she could have been like 10 years younger. But I know that when he was around 100, she said, I'm a woman. And we're not there yet, but. She said, I'm a woman of, I think she said 90. So I'm guessing that she was probably close around 10 years younger than him. So that would make 55, 60-ish. So what, I mean, were they well-preserved? I wonder, for that age. Isn't well, when that we, weird to when think we about? When we had that graph, when we went You're live and we so showed that graph of all of the, all of the people, this beautiful. was around the age when mankind lived to be 200. Yeah. So if you do the math, like Tom was saying, 75 would have been 40 years old. Like, it's not unheard of for a 40-year-old, 50-year-old to have kids. Wow. It's rare. Yeah, I never thought about that either. To and, live that long. Yeah, they would have been age. They were middle age. 200 still. Middle age. Middle age. Yep. They, they weren't talking like this either. <laughs> and so when Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw this beautiful woman, that Sarah was a beautiful woman, and went to Pharaoh's officials, saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. And he was treated, and he treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. So pretty much they paid him the dowry. Like, you know, like, oh, we just bought your sister from you. Here, take this. That basically... Oh my gosh, there's... And then the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and on his household because of the wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram, What have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's your sister? So now I took her to be my wife. Now here, take your wife and go. So he left with everything that was given to him plus his wife back. But at what no like what cost? Okay, like, hold that's on. quite a scam they ran there. <laughs> right. Okay. So so number one, he l- apparently let this happen. Right. But I think it was out of fear. I do think it was out of fear. I don't think it was out of wealth. But the thing I find interesting, <laughs> just is, a byproduct. Yeah, just a byproduct. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll leave with all the riches of Egypt. Yeah. Thank again. you. Again. <laughs> uh, right here, you can. I think you can tell, and maybe I'm off on this, but go. I'll just bounce it off you guys. I think Pharaoh was spiritually sensitive to the situation because this was before Pharaoh, I'm sorry, before Egypt became so pagan and, you know, taking in the slaves of, you know, uh, uh, the Jews, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is many, many years before all that ever happened. So I think Pharaoh was spiritually sensitive to realize, okay, something is happening here. These plagues are happening all of a sudden. And the only thing that's changed is this guy showed up on my doorstep. Yeah. 
That would I, make I believe sense. later on they, they call Abraham a prince. So like he was basically so wealthy they considered him a prince. What I can't let go is Lot. He's following his uncle and aunt through this whole thing, and he's right. witnessing it. He was like, "Are you serious, uncle? You're just letting them take her? <laughs> like, are you serious?" Yeah, and, and Abraham will be like, "Shh, quiet." Shh. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> clearly nothing physical happened because he was. Well, okay. Infected. Now that would be his role model. So now he's like, "Well, this is okay." Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, that's the sad thing too, because Lot. What happens to Lot much later on? But here's the here's the thing, and we haven't touched on this yet. Why it was a half lie. It was a half lie because Abraham or Sarai and Abraham had the same father, but not the same mother. Oh wow. When wow. you when you, you end up finding out later on she was his half sister, which obviously this was and we talked about genetics and, and all that other stuff in previous episodes. If you guys check that out, uh in Genesis ch- previous chapters about the genetic purity during this time. And how it wouldn't have been a big deal, but at the same time, he, I don't know. I, I think this speaks volumes because there's many people who like, they look at the the 10 commandments and they say, okay, it says thou shall not bear false witness. Don't lie. Well, what about little white lies? Well, apparently little white lies are still lies because he, if you want to get technical, he did not lie. No, this he is didn't. my sister. Yeah. But what he omitted, it's the lie of omission he didn't give the whole truth. This is my sister and my, my wife. You he never, didn't give that other half. He didn't yeah. show him the other half of the coin. Maybe he never asked him. <laughs> well, you didn't ask. You didn't ask. Hey, you you should have asked me before. So they got pulled into Egypt, and they got kicked out of Egypt. <laughs> there was none, none of this here was like of their own power because they're like, okay, Sarai was taken into the palace. And at the end, they were removed from Egypt. Yes. If you flip along. over to the King James Version, it says, And the Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Like, <laughs> you know, Get on out of here. All of you. Get. Okay. Now, this <laughs> is get out of here. This is many years before Moses, but you guys realize this is a complete exact parallel to Moses? I was thinking that, too. The, like, Joseph and his family come to Egypt because of a famine. Right. And they are blessed in Egypt and they bless Egypt and Egypt, Egypt blesses them. But then when they leave, Pharaoh actually commands them to leave. And the interesting thing is, is Moses and all of the Israelites at that time, they leave with the riches of Egypt. And here he leaves with the riches of Egypt. And yeah. it happens again. With and the Moses. Plagues. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. With Moses. See, uh, diseases happen to Pharaoh. Yep. And yeah, and he kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Lots of except shame. for the the later yeah. Pharaoh, he apparently needed ten plagues to happen before he listened. <laughs> He's a little thicker. <laughs> yeah, he needs to listen. But and I, and this sets up a, a really good stage for like what happens next. I know this is chapter thirteen that Abram and Lot separate. Right. And I think that'd be a, a, a good topic for the the next episode because this here. This uh, capstone of, you know, they just got kicked out. Now, you know, is there repenting that has to go on now? Like, what are the awkward conversations going to be between man and wife with what happened? Is it like a don't ask, don't tell? (laughs) I don't (laughs) want to know what happened in there. What kind of, you know, because he was not inside the palace with Sarai. At least it didn't say that. No. You know, so... 
if diseases started happening, it'd be like, what kind of diseases? <laughs> you know, let's let's talk now about what's this. going on here, guys. Right, like were they growing like third eyes in the center of their foreheads or boils or it doesn't say it just said um, that uh, they they inflicted serious disease <laughs> or over in the uh, um, but it doesn't King say James version it says plagued. But it doesn't say that she was plagued. It was the cause. I mean, because she was there, this happened. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean, it doesn't say that she was inflicted. So it's not like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Yeah. Egypt. Whatever happens in Egypt. (laughs) Different different desert. Different desert. (laughs) Different desert. Different desert. So through this, what what lesson do you think that we can take um, in our, our current what what lesson from this story do you think we can um, impart on what we're going through today? Well, it's interesting that that he and this is actually I brought this up on on a um, our conversation earlier uh, off camera about what if God were to ask you to do something that seemingly like blindsides you if you know if you know what I mean where you're like okay God uh. You know, God says, okay, hey, I want you to leave your land of Ur and go all the way 15, 1,600 miles away on foot all the way to Canaan. And the moment you get there, I just, I find this, the moment you get there, there's famine. But God makes a way out. There's, you know, Egypt and you can't, you, there's, there's food in Egypt, but he muck, he mucks it up and, and lies and you know what I mean? So he, through this whole thing, he seems to be trusting God. And I think that's why I br- kind of brought that question up earlier, which those of you, I, I, I asked the question, what if God asked you to do something just like crazy? Like, you know what? You got a camper, you got a truck. I want you to live out of there and move to Southern Texas. Start witnessing down there. You know, like if the message was clear, but the path wasn't, would you say yes? Would you say no? Would you question it? Would you, you know, whatever the case calls for? Knowing what I know about you people sitting at the table here, though, Tom said this tonight, he needs to know more. He's going to need absolute proof because he's, well, da- he's doubting right off the bat. And, and I think all of us would like to see Jesus sit down and say, I need you to do this. And you know what? If he appears to us, we're going to know it's him. Mm-hmm. It's there, it's, there's not going to be any doubts of who it is. Yeah, it's going to be a white trench coat. Yeah, yeah. Leather boots. Cool. <laughs> what cool I think is in, interesting about this is that um, <laughs> Abram actually just finished the journey that his dad was on. So he, right. he, he knew he was called, and the only direction that he knew was to go to Canaan. That's... That's where my dad was going. There, he must have been going there for a reason. He didn't right. make it, so I'll continue that that way. Then he got promised again, and he was just being reactive. There's a famine. I'm going to go to some place where I know we'll be getting taken care of. So I don't think that he was uh, uh, moving in reaction to God's promises. He was moving in reaction to circumstances. With with the Egypt. With thing. the Egypt. Okay. You know, the following what his dad that was probably probably pre-established before his dad even died. You know, like well, he's just moving. He's, he's just going forward with it. Going forward, like oh, you know, remember we we did this and we'll 
we'll mourn our losses and we'll just keep going to Canaan like Dad wanted. Pick up the mantle and go. And go. Yeah. Yep. And and then, you know, more promises and it's like big promises. Like what what do I do with that? It's I can't stop here and then just mate with people for the rest of my life here, right? Because <laughs> he's told me that uh, my my uh, offspring will be greater than the sands of the sea. Right. Right. And we 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 haven't even gotten to those promises yet. Right. Yeah. But this here is a, um um I will give you this land. You know, to your offspring, I will give you this land. And up till now, he didn't have any kids. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna have kids. Okay. Well, you know. It's going to be lots of them. To, lots of them. <laughs> to reflect that in our nowadays, like I said um, on the live cast, that everyone wants that quick return on investment. So I got right. this, this promise. All right. So now I'm going to make that happen. God said this is going to happen, so I'm going to force his hand and I'm going to do it my way. That didn't happen. He just said, okay, thanks for the promise, and he just kept on reacting and living life. But at this point, he was a rich guy, lots of uh, servants, lots of uh, clearly, animals. Clearly, a good scammer, right? <laughs> you know, you got a, a great poker face, like you know, this is not my wife. <laughs> a beautiful seventy-five-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a beautiful seventy-five-year-old woman. Yeah, she's a beauty. I, you know what? Getting back to the question. Um, this process that we're in as a family and moving, we the Holy Spirit leads. And in this case, we were led. I mean, it was one of those things during the quarantine, we said, okay, let's fix up our house. We started doing flooring. I hate doing flooring. I did things that I didn't want to do, but we did them. And we just said, okay, we've got this all fixed up. Let's put it up for sale. But I believe God was leading us to do that. We had an offer in five days. But, and we were trusting God. We were trusting him. But then he said, okay, now you're going to learn patience. Things started to fall off a little bit. The wheels were falling off a little bit. Okay, but he kept saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. And the wheels went back on. And then the wheels came off. And then they came back on. But the trust was still there. And that's what you said the magic word. I believe trust was what he was doing. I do believe he pushed through. I remember a pastor that told me point blank. He said, I can see something and then I push through. There might be an obstacle, but I'm going to try to push through because that's the kind of guy I am. And I think that's what he did. Mm -hmm. He just kept going. But the trust factor has to be there. And the Holy Spirit leads. And I think it's kind of led us to where we are. And now it's exciting to to think about what the next chapter is. And this guy was probably thinking the same thing. The same thing. Okay, what's next? But the wheels do fall off. This whole thing with his 75-year-old wife, that just blows my mind, the way that played out. And But, but it worked out pretty good because he left with a lot. Mm-hmm. I keep saying lot. We were friends to that. He did. He left with a lot. His, his <laughs> nephew. He, he yeah. showed up there with oh, a, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Now, him letting go of his wife, that kind of, I don't want to say kind of, that shows the trust that he had in God. Up to this point, there wasn't that promise that um, he was going to have child with Sarai. You know, it was just his wife. Mm-hmm. And... He 
let his wife go. You know, that's like, it's out of my hands. If, if God wants this, then, you know, this is the only way that this is going to happen. You know, and... Did that, he do that on his own? That faith right there. And I guess, I don't know if it would be faith. You know, that understanding, that, that knowledge. Because if he is walking and talking with with Jesus, there is no doubt. <laughs> you know, honestly. Well, wouldn't, no, wouldn't no. the greater faith, if he if he would have actually had true faith, wouldn't he have said the truth about who this woman was instead of being fearful of e- of e- of the the entire Egyptian nation. Yeah, that's apparently. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, Be- because why would you do that? Could you do that? I couldn't do. I that. I couldn't do that. No way. I'm not. We. No. I, I don't think I would have even went to Egypt. Yeah. Well, and that's where my question is: Did he do that on his own? So, the, isn't one of the verses uh, you have to abide by the rules of the land? The laws yep. of the land. Yep, that's laws up the in uh, the New Testament. Okay, yeah. so the laws of the land is, um, if I'm not for certain on this, but if you think about it, it's a heavy ruler. So this guy goes, <laughs> "She's hot. She's mine now. Now she's <laughs> part of the seventy other ones that are in the cabin in the back." Yep, yeah. that's how that works. Yeah. So, so what like, are you saying? Like, like Abraham might have been privy to this, so that that's what like constituted his fear out of this. No, what he was doing was just actually just being smart about it and going, you know what? They're gonna take you because you're a woman, you're good looking, so I'm gonna tag along, so I can go backstage, and then we're gonna go surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god hey it it still did like we just we just read this a while uh, a little bit ago that all things work together for good for those who love god even though abraham messed this up and he was you know doing what he was doing wow so god he, was still he, able to take it and turn that around what you saying that just made abraham uh liam nielsen in my head <laughs> <laughs> where he's talking to his wife. What's going to happen next? You're going to be taken. Don't panic. Liam it's Neeson. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, right, I'm going to have to Google yeah. Liam Neeson after this. Oh, from the movie Taken, yes. where he's got his, his daughter on the phone, and she's like, no. there's there's someone that broke in. Calm down. This is what's going to happen. You're going to be taken. You know? <laughs> and then God called, and he says, I think it's a PG-13 movie even. Okay, buddy? You'd you like on. it. Hold on. I'm so lost. It's a little scary for you. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 amount of, the amount of trust that was there, you know, I didn't even think about it. You know, he was, he's a smart guy. He's so like 80-ish. If he knew there's a famine and he couldn't go back because that's contrary to survival, he couldn't go back to where he came from. That this probably was his only option. There probably wasn't a lot of other places to go to. And that's the reality of it. He's like, okay, well, this this is the, this people. And this is what is going to happen. So either we can go here to survive and die. You know, we're here to survive. Well, I'm dead because you're pretty. You know, 
or we can trust God through this. And most of the motions. <laughs> These are the cards we're dealt. This is the cards that we're, we're still going to trust God through the whole thing. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. See, that's what I'm talking Very about. Good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Liam ne- now playing the part of Liam Neeson, <laughs> Justin Becker, who's never seen the movie. Or a <laughs> he movie. just showed me the picture. I remember seeing him on a whole bunch of memes, and he, he is he's on the phone on all these memes, and he says something like, I will find you. And I will kill and you. I will kill you. Or something like that. Like, and I will find you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, that's, I just see those memes all over the place. At least mm-hmm. it used to be. It was like a couple of years ago that I saw all those memes. So that's the guy. Okay. That's yeah. the guy. <laughs> that's the guy. <laughs> well, this has been great. Um, wait, do you want to lead us out of here in prayer? Sure. Dear God, thank you so much for the opportunity to read your word, study your word, learn things from your word. Help us to put into play these things in our everyday life. Help us to trust you in all things, no matter what comes around the corner. In Jesus' name we pray these things, and we are thankful. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot for joining us, guys. Uh, Come back next week, and when you come back, we'll be talking about um, Abraham and Lot separating and going their, their own opposite ways. You know, so this is going to be a time where Abram doesn't have a lot. And that's a lot to think. <laughs> that's a lot to think about. That's a lot to think about. This, this has been Tom. This is Wayne. This has been Sully. And this is Justin. Look forward to seeing you guys then. Have a great day. Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now, listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. And the boys gave me this note to let you know. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Podcast. Podcast? What are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until, Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>